Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris on the nose, dreamer. Okay, let's hear about it, Jordan. <laughs> I want to hear about. How about this? Hey, Jordan, can I uh, introduce my uh, new character, Jesse Freud? <laughs> yes, you can. Um, uh, my, this, uh, sometimes I see a picture of a pipe. Um, is that Freud? Yeah, I think so. That's Magritte, <laughs> Pipe maybe? is just a pipe. Is that what you're thinking of? I don't know. <laughs> Are you thinking of a sometimes a cigar is just a cigar? There is you go. I was for? confusing the this is a pipe painting with... <laughs> That dick joke Freud made <laughs> that everybody likes. Okay, so here's Je- here's my yeah. f- my famous character Jesse Freud. Okay. Ah, Jordan, tell me about this dreams you've been having. <laughs> tell me about this dreams you've been having. Well, Jesse Freud, uh, you you if there's one thing that I'm sure you know about me, it's that um, it's that I'm a creative. You wish to fuck your mother. <laughs> no, wow, you went there so quick. <laughs> Jesse Freud. It's the only theory I know. <laughs> I've made written lots of series about dreams and dream interpretations and so forth, but the only one that I remember right now is Oedipal Complex, <laughs> so I used it right away. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have had to have listened. Well, at least you didn't forget the thing about the cigar and confuse it with the pipe. That would be really embarrassing yeah, if well. he did that. <laughs> By the way, Jesse Freud is pretty embarrassed that he went straight to that, so he, he's left, and old, good old Jesse Thorne is back. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> but does Jesse Thorne, for some reason, have a hilarious German accent? <laughs> By yet? No. Oh, no. okay. Just checking. Go ahead, Jordan. So you're on the nose dreamer. Okay. You know me. I'm a creative. Absolutely. You love all kinds of creative endeavors, right? From writing copy for advertisements mm-hmm. to potato block printing, <laughs> all, all of the quintessentially American arts. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, jazz. It's jazz and tap dancing, <laughs> musical theater. All, all quintessentially American. So, as a creative, you know my mind. My mind works a little bit differently than your, mm-hmm. you know, lay person. It's a little twisted. Like that's it's where I get my ideas. My 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 brain's it's a little twisted. You know what I've always said about you, Jordan? Hmm. I've always said my friend Jordan, he's creative. He's a classic with a twist. Exactly. Do you know me? I'm always I'm spinning my noodle to come up with the latest, the latest creativities. Sure. All sorts of all sorts of creativities. You name them. Be they scrapbooks, right? Or uh, social media strategies for a cereal brand. As long as it's quintessentially American, yes. Yeah. So, so you one would one would surmise that because I'm, you know, I got this, I got this brain. It works a little bit differently. That my that my dreams would be more fantastical than 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 lay people. Right. You right? Does that does that does that you are you following that logic there? Yeah, they would be more fantastical than lay people. They would be more like right. a clergyman's dreams. Right, yes. A bishop's, a twisted yeah. bishop. Yeah. You know how twi- you know how bishops are always bringing a little something extra to the table? Mhm. Especially, not exclusively, but especially in the hat department. Right. They're thinking outside the box. They're expanding right. the definition of what a hat can be. Yeah. 
They got those big pointy hats to contain their big pointy dreams. I was very disappointed when the other night I had it. I had a dream, and it was so it was so on the nose, so down the middle to where I woke up and I I I I wondered what I I wondered if I was living a lie mm-hmm. because like the the dream that's the dream that's the space for your, for the mind to just be crazy you know to be crazy to be creative no limits you were thinking to yourself maybe i'm not a creative maybe i'm a tradesman yeah i don't know maybe i'm one of these lay people i'm always slagging off maybe i'm a bishop the other day i had a dream i was standing in front of a barn across from a good friend uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a frequent guest on this program i won't call them out but I, i'll leave people to speculate as to who it was a good friend right we were standing in front of a barn, and then we hugged, and we we hugged, and then we hugged tighter, and then started to cry, and that was the end of the dream. <laughs> can, can I not? Can I not conjure up something more like a metaphor to get at that? Anyway, I'm just hugging and crying in my dreams. That's all. That's all my. That's all my 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 brain will cook up. <laughs> hugging and crying could i not have been like being you know maybe i'm a sea vessel and i'm being you know uh dragged underwater by a giant squid you know how they're always doing that and i'm like oh maybe right. the like embrace of the giant squid was this kind of um closeness that i'm that i feel like i'm lacking and being dragged underneath that was just but no i don't even like i couldn't even do that i just saw a friend that i wanted to see and i hugged them and i like the the barn is the only thing in there that i'm like maybe that was some symbolism maybe that's one thing to unpack do you think such a friend (laughs) could have symbolized a friend? Like Fairbanks or something? <laughs> yeah, I think it was just a friend. I think the friend was a friend. I think the friend was that friend. I think the I, what maybe it was another friend. Maybe friend one was to stand in for friend two, but I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe I should give it up. Go into go into the clergy. Yeah. Man. I probably couldn't even be a bishop because those guys are twisted. <laughs> You should try and become a sexy nun. Oh yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe in time for next year's Halloween. Yeah, that'd get man. That'd get me laid. <laughs> man, do you think? What do you think nuns go go as for Halloween? Oh, I don't know. What it was a yeah. If you are a nun, I guess you could just sex it up and you could go as a sexy nun. Were there nuns around when you were a kid? Just around. No, you know, I would like, you know, I think you, you, you notice when you see a nun when there's not nuns around. You know, you see a nun at the airport or something and your mom points it out. But no, I did not have to deal with I didn't I didn't do anything Catholic as a kid. And uh, I never I, I mean, never walked by any Catholicism, I guess. There were nuns in my neighborhood. Oh, yeah? They were those Mother Teresa kind of nuns with, with, the, with the Mother Teresa hats on. Right. Cool. They're very sweet. Yeah. Very sweet, you know? Holding their little, like, knitting bags. That's nice. Nuns are always carrying knitting bags. I don't know if they knit, but that was my experience anyway. Oh. Let's find out about our guests' <laughs> nun experiences. I hope it's some and not none, <laughs> or else we're at a conversation. <laughs> our guest on the program is a beloved stand-up co- comic, a sometime podcaster, a great friend of this program, someone that we would love to hug and cry with right now. (laughs) 
our pal, Cristela Alonso. Hi, Cristela. How are you? Uh, hey, guys. Uh, Jordan, I think you're doing porn wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Like the money shot, right? That's when you hug and cry. Oh my <laughs> when they God. people talk about the money shot, <laughs> like hugging and crying. You're the guy that wrote a porn. Like you wrote a porn with like a backstory about it, like mental like relationships and struggles and stuff. You you wrote a porn with a heart. Sorry, I'm just twisted like that. I'm just gonna after this go on Pornhub and type in <laughs> Bard slash friend slash hug slash no sex. I, you wrote Christian porn and you didn't even know it. Oh shit! Maybe I did. I should call Kirk Cameron. Oh my! You know what, Jordan? Kirk, I got your next movie, kid. <laughs> Jordan, I'm proud of you for branching into new creative waters. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. I mean, I didn't even thank you. And thank you, Christelle. I mean, I think that's that's really genius because I'm sure that's an underserved market. Oh, yeah. Christians who want to crank it, but to crank it to something wholesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always said that Grand Theft Auto, I've wanted to do a Christian version of Grand Theft Auto where I go <laughs> I go after you've done the crimes and clean up after you. <laughs> like, I just... <laughs> Like I make sure everybody is that was injured is okay. I take them to the hospital, right. everything, and I return cars to their rightful owners. You know, <laughs> <laughs> help prostitutes to clean up their life. Yeah, you know, I'm, I come, I come in and just make sure everything's okay. Grand Theft Auto, not on my watch. Grand Theft, you know, wow. yeah, we take it back. We take it back. Man, and I think that's great because yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of Christian kids out there who want the thrill of an you know, an open world, immersive gaming experience. But if their parents don't want them to, you know, mess around with that violence, I mean, man, maybe there's something where you can still get that, you know, free roaming, immersive (laughs) feeling, but, you know, while doing good deeds. Yeah, it's kind of like, what if we do a Christian version of Tetris where all the pieces are crosses? (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea that there's someone, there's Christians who are offended by Tetris because the pieces aren't crosses. Where's our version of this? That long straight one is unholy. (laughs) Right. I mean, in theory, it could work. I mean, let's let's not blow it out of proportion here. And also, Jesse, like, I love that you were talking, you're calling yourself Jesse Freud. And I started thinking, why do all these guys have such old sounding names? They like it's not Harvey (laughs) Freud. It's always something so weird and dated. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, Grisella. Thanks for catching up with us. Hi. The question on the table was whether you have any nun experience. I actually have a lot of nun experiences. Oh. I did not go to Catholic school, but uh, my hometown in South Texas, San Juan, Texas, is actually home to one of the biggest churches in the country. And uh, it's called the Basilica. So uh, the Basilica of Our Lady of San Juan del Valle, to to be fancy schmancy. So basically, um, the church is ginormous and people will go there to do pilgrimages and stuff. And um, my mom and I used to walk there. Like, I'm not kidding. We used to go and walk the church for fun. (laughs) Wow. Like the grounds? Yeah. Well, see, so here's the thing, right? By the way, the nun thing comes in play because we would have to actually walk through the convent 
to get to the church. And we, we went to the church every Monday because when I was a kid, we didn't have air conditioning. And that was a church that the church had air conditioning. So we would kind of go for the air conditioning. But they also had the uh, the 13 stations of like the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So you could sure. actually walk along this big old field where you could go to every station and you slowly see Jesus Christ getting crucified through bronze statues. So there's like 13 different like in the beginning, he's great. He's doing awesome. Yes. Sermon on the Mount. And then yes. by the end, and he just gradually shows you yes. Yes. his journey to crucifixion. Yeah, they actually show the crucifixion. And then the last station wow. is where he's uh, lying down in a tomb. Get this, though. Oh. My mom was so religious that we would walk the stations. And then once he was crucified, she would make us walk backwards so that we could save him. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. I mean, I'm impressed that that was within your power as a family. You know, I mean, when you got faith, right? So yeah, no, definitely. Like we used to cross, and you know, we'd come back in the opposite direction. When we left, Jesus was alive, and everything was cool. So yeah, but also, I went to college in St. Louis for like a year at Webster University, and my dorm room. Webster University was a Catholic uh, university, and my dorm was a uh, a convent. What? So I actually like my my freshman dorm room was in a convent where the nuns used to live. Did you have like shared bathrooms? Uh, I think some of them did. Yeah. I'm just imagining like you know how in a shared bathroom. I mean, it depends. I probably on the college or university, but the, at the college that Jordan and I attended, the University of California at Santa Cruz. You have like a row of showers, you know, like shower stalls, mm -hmm. and you would hang your clothes right outside the back of the shower stalls. So you weren't showering with everyone, but you were in adjacent stalls. And I'm just imagining a nun's habit hanging there. <laughs> well, maybe you weren't showering with everyone. <laughs> I wasn't either. <laughs> Someone probably was, though. You know, I actually, I was just in Santa Cruz. Uh, yesterday, and really? yeah, 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 and I was actually beautiful country. It, it is. It is. I actually decided to rent a house. Uh, for the week of the election, I drove up. I did an Airbnb, and I drove. Oh, wow. I drove up on election day, uh, because I had been working on the campaign for so long. I was burned out. Yeah. I was done. So I um went to the house to this house in, is it Aptos? I guess it's called. Um, Aptos. Yeah. Aptos. Yeah, I believe it's known locally as Craptos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're a if you're a junior high kid and you just want to leave it all behind, you call it Craptos. Good mall there. I had a I, yeah. I had a place there that had a bunch of redwood trees and stuff. I went to Santa Cruz, and you know what? I didn't know what college you guys went to. But now it all makes sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> now it all makes sense. It is a college town like I had never seen oh, in its yeah. own personality. It's in its own right. I think you picked a great place to like chill. It is like it is totally the like chill out capital of the world. Yo, I, I yes. often <laughs> I often like want to like go back and, and, and visit when, uh, you know. Uh, the world becomes too much. Oh, it, it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's it's amazing. It was just, it was so quiet 
and so laid back and so everything that it kind of, you know, when you take a trip and then you come back to L.A. and you're kind of disappointed the moment you get back when you realize what like what traffic is like, little things like here and there and stuff. And you're like, damn it, this place, fuck this place. You know what I mean? But at the same, <laughs> you know what I mean? But then there's some great days where you look around and you're like, oh my God, LA, I love you. I love you so much. But um, it made me appreciate Los Angeles. And that classic Randy Newman song kicks in. <laughs> That's right, short people. <laughs> short people. <laughs> yeah. By the way, can, why is why does Randy Newman get nominated for songs no one ever no one's ever heard of? Like, where does he where does he get these Oscar nominated songs? There's a real shortage of songs for movies. It's really like <laughs> there's like the one from the Disney song. Maybe there's one from like a DreamWorks movie or whatever. And then after that, if there's no, you know, what was that? What was that Los Angeles jazz musical called? Oh, La La Land. Yeah, if there's no La La Land, it's just it's just like ending credits from direct to DVD movies. Like that's yeah. all that's left for original songs. Like did did like John Legend do a song that played over the credits of a biopic? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, I always it always bugs me how the Golden Globes have that category for best musical or comedy. Like they're even similar. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could have a really depressing, you know, musical like Les Mis going up against Ace Ventura. And you're like, what? Like, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) That was the craziest Golden Globes ever. (laughs) Yeah, the Golden Globes is wacky. And it's like decided by, you know, five Scandinavian film critics. Like, they just pick everything. That is to me, like, it's not just that it's it, that it's decided by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which is to say just people who cover show business in other countries uh, or cover the show business of the United States from for their home countries that aren't the United States. That, okay, but that there's like 20 of them. <laughs> it's totally <laughs> like those 20, you know, Berliners convince... George Clooney to come to their party and get hammered. Like, I understand why there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of analysis about the Oscars. You know, like, what does this say about entertainment? What does this say about representation? Like, in a lot of, you know, people kind of, like, analyze the Oscars and, like, talk about how to make them better and what movies should get nominated and which ones we hold up. And I, I, I understand that. But it seems like that sort of discourse gets put on the Golden Globes, and I feel like, yeah, this thing's just silly. Do I do? Do we do we have to? Yes, I know it's dumb. Ace Ventura is in the same category as Les Mis. It just is. Like, yes, that's what happens when you put a seventy-one-year-old Russian woman in charge of the second most important. <laughs> They're just doing it to make an award show where celebrities are a little drunker than they are at the Oscars. Yo, what do we find out years later that Oscar started because these three guys named Oscar said, fuck it, we have good taste in movies. (laughs) (laughs) We're the three Oscars. Oscar P, Oscar J, (laughs) and Oscar P. Hear me out, guys. What if we find out that Oscars started because Uncle Fester farted? (laughs) Does. You know well and good that's how the Adams family started. <laughs> well, that's why it would be so surprising if that also started the Oscars. <laughs> yes. Do not sing the rest of that children's ride. <laughs>
<laughs> Man, this podcast is nonsense tonight. What's going on? <laughs> tonight, Christella? Tonight? You've been on it. <laughs> this episode is nonsense? <laughs> This is one of the reasons I like to do it because there's really no rhyme or reason. And then afterwards, you're like, how did we even get there? <laughs> Jesse, I told her this was the slate political gab fest. So. <laughs> Just. Uh, Chris, I do. I actually, speaking of uh, political issues and gabbing, I was really, really impressed by all the like, get out the vote work you were doing during the recent election it was really cool it was really inspiring um i felt like it helped me get off my ass more than i usually do during an election i was really like i'm like hey look at that fucking christella is like killing it doing get out the vote stuff it's really awesome oh thank you yeah you got to like talk to a lot of cool people was there anybody who was like surprisingly cool and fun to talk to oh man there were actually a couple that were really awesome but you know i have to i have to say that i think the one of the coolest uh, events I did was hosting the uh, Hispanic Heritage Month event for the Biden campaign. That was a big campaign for them, oh, like cool. event. And it was great because we got to actually see a lot of people that chimed in and like and said hello to everything to everyone. And it wasn't just only Latinos on it. It was just people celebrating the Latino culture, which was very cool. But, you know, um, it, it was fantastic. I got to tell you, get out the vote. Um when the election was called uh, yesterday, I was on my way back from uh, the Santa Cruz area and uh, I got on a Zoom call with the campaign people that wanted to congratulate and thank all of us that that were surrogates that did it. And I got to tell you, it's the first time that I've actually had a post-election call, like a congratulatory call with everyone. And you realize that it was just, you know, we were running ourselves so ragged that once we had a, a decision, it just felt like the biggest sigh of relief. Of course, a lot of people felt like that, you know, but it was so weird to be in a room, like to be on a call where everybody felt like that. So it was really awesome. And now, you know, we immediately started talking about Georgia. So it's a thing where we don't even get a break where like, I'm already <laughs> like, what am I going to do next? And it's really, it's been one of the Look, I like working in the community. I like working with social issues and everything. And for me, it's just this is the kind of work that excites me, uh, along with stand up and everything and what have you. You know, it's just this year was so weird and it is so weird. And I just wanted to make sure that we did everything to kind of get science back. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, so it was very cool. Um, do you do you think you're close enough? to the Biden campaign where at some point you'll get to pet those Biden dogs. I do, actually. I do expect Whoa. to pet the dogs. I don't want to brag, but yes. By the way, Man. my friend Andrea, she's a journalist for CNN, and she got very upset today uh, when people started saying that Biden's uh, dog was the first rescue dog in the White House because she has been covering white house pets for years mm, she and mo rocca <laughs> two-person beat yeah. and she wait so wait so is that because i i have i have just been seeing that fact circulated you know willy-nilly and i believed it i am like oh hey that's cool but is that not the case oh has there God. been another rescue pet in the white house yuki Biden dog? yuki johnson lbj's uh dog 
Yuki Johnson was the first rescue dog in the White House. Oh, boy. I can't stand this Yuki erasure. I have been tweeting justice for Yuki all day today. <laughs> well, we're happy to give you a platform. Yeah, my, my friend was just like, why is everybody erasing Yuki? And for me, the most fascinating thing was like, wow, like you cover White House pets too? Like that's, like we need to just tweet that. Like that you're a White House like pet historian. Pitch that book. That's a book, dude. But yeah. What do you, yeah, what do you do in a, during a four years when there are no White House pets? It turns out that she covers policies too. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so she can pivot to policy. Yeah, look, if there's no dogs, all of a sudden now she's an expert on healthcare. Whatever. <laughs> um, I also saw, uh, speaking of things people were doing during the election, you were doing some really great and exciting work in the Animal Crossing space as well. I'm obsessed. <laughs> yeah, because we talked maybe like at the beginning of the pandemic when everybody was like, going hard for Animal Crossing. Yes. And I think a lot of people have, you know, they've left it behind. They've moved on to Hades. They're focusing on new stuff. Pokemon Go. Yeah, Pokemon <laughs> Go. Getting back into Pokemon Go. Tomogachis. Sure. <laughs> Cup and ball. <laughs> Pogs. Hold on. I'll be back. My Furby is just making a lot of noise right now. Yeah, quiet that Furby down. <laughs> Are you still, yeah, what, are you still, are you still Animal <laughs> Yes, Crossing? and get this, I actually, I was, uh, I'm, I'm taping, I'm recording a one-off for Sirius this month where they're trying to focus on stand-up comics and how they're coping through COVID, and my whole episode is about Animal Crossing, <laughs> like all of it. Like, wow. I, it's just, you know, to me, it was this thing where I actually ended up finding a community of people on Twitter that we all knew we all knew people that knew each other, but we didn't know each other literally in this group. My friend Juan uh, kind of founded this group, and he is an um, undocumented immigrant activist. And he just started pulling in people that he knew, and we all ended up in this group of my, maybe like 15, 20 people at the most. And we all became friends with Animal, like through Animal Crossing. So we talk Animal Crossing on Twitter, and it's been like the best thing to kind of help us throughout the quarantine and COVID and everything. Did you start at the beginning of Animal Crossing or did you come to it relatively recently? Like, is this a three month or a seven month process for you? This is when the game came out. So, like, March. So, like, around the beginning of COVID. So you're locked. You've just been locked in building your island or whatever it is. Trading. Your... Look, if Fantasy Island and Gilligan's Island had a kid, it would be my island. Wow, I mean, that it... sounds like a pretty wacky island. I know, it does sound like a wacky island. Like where are the Harlem Globetrotters? <laughs> like an <laughs> um, like Animal Crossing, um, they rate the islands, right? So the the most you can get is a five star island. You get a five star rating. When you get a five star, you get the lily of the valley flower. Ooh. And it just pops. I know. Doesn't that sound sexy? It does and sound then, sexy. I, I mean, listen, I had a hugging and crying dream. So, yes. That's what I was going to say. I'm mentioning say, a flower imagine. sounds good to me, but. Imagine one lily of the valley right next to you as you hug and cry. I will. Thank you. So uh, getting the lily of the valley was a big deal. And I got my first one. And now I'm at the point where I just get them all the time. And I'm overrunning my island with lily of the valleys. So, like, I don't want to brag, but I'm really good at Animal Crossing. And 
I also think that part of the reason I'm so good at Animal Crossing is because I come from a community of uh, farm workers. So we're very good at farming and mm-hmm. growing fruit, which you're supposed to do at Animal Crossing. You know, it's funny. It's interesting that you mentioned uh, Gilligan's Island. Um, yes. Because a lot of people have been asking me who my favorite Gilligan's Island character is. Um, and I am saving it for a ginger reveal party. <laughs> <laughs> Start a lot of wildfires, too. Jordan now tosses that three by five card over his shoulder through the invisible window. Yeah, I'm gonna talk to Paul Schaefer, my band leader. Ginger reveal, Paul. Yeah, are you uh, are you growing fruits on your island, Christella? Yeah, my my uh, native fruit is cherries, but we can grow. Uh, Apples, oranges, uh, peaches, you know, some coconuts. It, it's a really big, uh, it's a big undertaking, guys. Sounds like it. You know, it's it's really fun. It's really fun. It's really fun. For for Christmas, I'm planning on doing my island as an ode to the movie Funny Farm with Chevy Chase. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> you know, when you think of Christmas movies, you think of Die Hard. You right, think of yep. <laughs> Funny Farm, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, I mean, you know, obviously I think the world is, the world is a little more into video games now than it was, you know, at the beginning of the year. Uh, Jesse, where are you on your Zelda journey? I think everybody's anxious to hear, um, about your, your Breath of the Wild progress. I'm gathering all of the legendary beasts. What are they called again? Yeah, sure. This camel guy. (laughs) Yes. I got that guy. I got eagle guy. Um, a lot of times I'll die and Eagle Guy comes and, and breathes. No, Eagle Guy, if I hold down X, I can go up in the air. It's That's like nice. a super jump. Uh, one of these guys gives brings me back to life sometimes when I die. And a little fairy comes and she's like, you're welcome. <laughs> nice. I don't remember what she says exactly, but something like something that. Something like that. It's something like, she says it in a little fairy voice like, you're welcome. You're welcome, Daddy. <laughs> I don't think she calls you Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> she does. I insist. Uh, okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. Um. Are you now? Have you like finished? You have not finished the base game. You have not defeated Calamity Ganon, right? No, but I did get a swim a s- swimsuit. <laughs> That's cool. So, so you can swim. I basically Zora's, beat the game. Zora's, I mean, like, uh... wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say I, that most gamers, hardcore gamers like right. myself, mm-hmm. you and I are both hardcore gamers. We love it. We love to be in game. That's when we're we can really be ourselves when we're in most, game. Most hardcore gamers define quote unquote beating the game is when a fish man <laughs> gives you a special swimsuit. <laughs> right. What else is there to do? Well, I've already done it. So, yeah, I guess, yes, I have beaten Zelda Breath of the Wild because I got a special swimsuit and I can swim up waterfalls, motherfucker. <laughs> when you good. get the swimsuit, that's when you know that you're going to have a beach volleyball challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Priscilla, don't spoil it. He hasn't gotten to Link's Vacation yet. <laughs> Sorry, Link's Vacation, Top Gun edition. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Christella, have you have you thought about like moving away from Animal Crossing and playing a, a you know a Zelda, a Mario Odyssey, something like that? Oh, 
I, I'm actually, I, I'm a big Switch person. I'm a big video game person. So I, I have a whole collection of games that I play. Animal Crossing was just like the newest one to me. I hadn't played Animal Crossing before, but my whole thing has always been, I'm a go-to Super Mario person. So I've always yeah. been like a Nintendo loyalist. Right. And um, yeah, I, I play all of them. I play a lot of games. There's no more consistent franchise than mario like basically all mario games are at least at least really good if not if not great so you can just you just you know they're going to be great you know what's weird is that it's kind of confusing when they started changing king koopa into bowser and then it's like well what do i call you now do i are you called king koopa do the kids know princess toadstool princess peach yes exactly it's like i'm sorry what happened right do i and the millennials have anything to talk about that's what I'm trying to say. Is that a thing? You call him Bowser, I call him Koopa. <laughs> and, uh, let's call the whole thing off. Yeah. <laughs> you dopes are eating ass and not using paper napkins and calling him Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking millennials. Eat, eating ass and calling him Bowser. <laughs> I love video games so much that I went to the National... Uh, to the National Nintendo Championships in New York about, wow. what, maybe two, three years ago. I went with my friend Mike Drucker. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was amazing. All you do is just sit down and watch people play. And every round is a different game that you didn't know. You don't know what game they're going to announce. And you just have to play it to see how good you are. And I'm going to tell you, the game, it's what 10 rounds i want to say that the seventh round maybe or so was the game the game that threw everyone off was original tetris the black and white version really and it was because people weren't used to the slowness of it so the speed of the tetris threw everybody off well and also the fact that it's demonic this is probably the tetris without the cross pieces so they they were probably just (laughs) offended by the lack of the cross piece like in christian tetris (laughs) <laughs> what if what if Super Mario Brother, like a Christian version of Super Mario Brother, what if he's a missionary? What if he's going out to do <laughs> to spread the word? What if he's doing that in all the worlds? Yeah, it's about time. It's about time. Someone talked about the Lord. Crystal, is the Nintendo Championship all Nintendo Entertainment System? Like, is it? Yep. A B up down up down. All the way? Uh, yeah, they have all, and they have uh, the players playing at a podium, and they have the big screens where you can all see them, like, play as they're playing and stuff. The year that I saw them, there was a guy that I want to say was disqualified because he was being a dick to everybody. Yeah, you can't be a dick at the <laughs> World Nintendo Championships. What kind of dickery was he doing? Oh, he was like he was like just trying to uh, sabotage people. He was doing like dick things that you're not supposed to do. He was trying to. He was also like being a little rough with the people, like for sure, like the people in person. You know what I mean? He was really just. It was awful. And he's one of those guys that wants to be a pro. Like he he plays for a living and stuff. And he was just a dick. You know who this sounds like is Dennis Rodman. Was it was it Dennis <laughs> was it Dennis Rodman, the bad boy of basketball? <laughs> You know, I wasn't going to say anything, but now that you brought it up, was Dennis Rodman the person you were hugging and crying it with was. outside yes, the bar? Yes, frequent Jordan Jesse Go guest and star of Double Impact, I think it was, Dennis Rodman. What was the movie he was in with yeah. Van Damme? I mean, who knew 
who knew that when we had Carmen Electra on our show, it would lead to our greatest friendship? Right. You know, with Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Some of us just never know where the friendship's going to blossom. You know. Thank you for being a friend, Dennis Rodman. Double team. Double team, the movie he was in, Van Damme. Double impact is where John claude Van Damme played his own twin. <laughs> <laughs> the character in that film was named right. Dennis Rodman. I like this. That's weird. They're like, oh, we need to give Van Damme a chance to stretch. Let's let him play his own twin. We have two different characters in the same movie. Man, they should have done a movie where... <laughs> He had to teach his twin how to do martial arts. Oh, yeah. One twin is like fucking great mm. at karate and can do the splits, and one twin is just like a, a, a dope who can't do yeah. any karate. Yeah, it's kind of like like the movie Twins, but he's both DeVito and Schwarzenegger. Wow. <laughs> By the way, do you love my outdated references? I haven't seen a movie since 1994. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Grisella, you're in the right place. The most frequent movie mentioned on this podcast is Demolition Man. So <laughs> that really is true. Once in a while, Babe Pig in the City. <laughs> but basically, you're not that you're not that far off from uh from all of Ghost Dog or Jim Cotta into something. Yeah. <laughs> we stop at ninety nine though. Nineteen ninety nine, it's a, we don't acknowledge that there's been more Matrix movies than the first one. Hey, man, it's because we're still partying like it's 1999. Can I get a what, what? Hell yeah. That's right. Yes, yes. Guess who let the dogs out? We did. And we're also still saying, can I get a what, what? (laughs) Yes. um, Hey, man, I'm sorry. Classics never die. We still quote Shakespeare. (laughs) You know what? That's a really That's good an point. Excellent point. You know, now that I think about it, Christella, you're really bout it, bout it. <laughs> For shizzle? Look, you know what? Mm-hmm. We gotta just smack it up, flip it, rub it down. Yes. Oh no. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay, uh, we have Christella Alonso here. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. You know, Jordan, every episode of Jordan, Jesse, go is supported by the members of MaximumFun.org. All the folks who go to MaximumFun.org slash donate to join us. And we are particularly grateful in these difficult times to have those folks uh, help and pay our rents and so forth. Yeah, I lost my health insurance recently. So oh, it's there nice you go. to be able to get some. So yeah. thank you. Thank you, Max Fund members. Yeah. Uh, we're also this week supported by Kitty Poo Club. <laughs> we are. Uh, uh, love it when Kitty Poo Club sponsors the program it's just so fun to say do you like saying it jesse probably not as much as me yeah you know there are jordan there are so many services out there these days that allow you to subscribe to regular mailings of necessary items but kitty poo club is the first one to offer regular mailings if you subscribe of cats poops 
Jesse, it's not the poop. Yeah. The cat provides the poop. If you have a cat, the cat's going to poop. You don't got to worry about those. I'm sorry. I don't have a cat. You're the cat owner. I just no. assume Kitty Poo Club mails <laughs> poops to you Here's, on a regular basis, just like razor blades or any other subscription consumable service. I, let me explain it. As a, as a, as a cat, uh, not expert, but a huge fan of cats, Yeah, I, I'll tell you what this thing does. Jesse and a total horn dog. <laughs> yes, I'm three. I'm three things: a cat fan, a horn dog, and of course, a big bird. Yeah. So if you're a cat person, you love your cat, but that doesn't mean you love having a litter box in your home. Jesse, they're a little stinky. They're a little gross. But Kitty yeah. Poo Club takes care of the more unpleasant parts of cat ownership so you can get back to loving your furry friend. Here's what they do. Every month, Kitty Poo Club delivers an affordable, high-quality, recyclable, very important litter box that's pre-filled with the litter of your choice. The boxes are leak-proof, eco-friendly, and have a fun design for every season. When the month is up, you just recycle the box, and Kitty Poo Club automatically delivers a new one to you. No change in the used litter, and no more cleaning the box. They sent me one. My cat loves to poo in this box. Jessie, she's a picky pooper. She doesn't poop in every box I buy, but this one, she loves to drop a deuce. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. And then what what do you do at the end of the at the end of the poop period? You just you discard the litter and then you recycle the box. And then they send a new one. That sounds great. Jesse, it's so easy. It's so easy. That sounds easy peasy, dare I say, lemon squeezy? <laughs> yes. Say it. Say lemon squeezy. Lemon squeezy, Jordan. He lemon said squeezy. It. And I'm going to be honest, the initial idea that they pitched to me was mailing poop to people. And I thought that people aren't going to go for this. It's a, It was a good pivot, honestly. It was a good pivot. You got to be flexible when you're starting an internet business. I'm so grateful that Kitty Poo Club decided to keep their strong branding, mm-hmm. but pivot to uh, mailing out uh, kitty litter boxes that are recyclable. So you just discard the litter and then you recycle the box. Here's, here's what's going on, Jesse. Kitty Poo Club is offering you 20% off your first order when you set up auto ship by going to kittypooclub.com, enter promo code JJGO, enter promo code JJGO, you get 20% off when you set up auto ship, kittypooclub.com, JJGO at checkout. We'll be right back on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And Cristela Alonzo, Craigslist's favorite fan. Ooh. <laughs> you, like, you like it? You're still shopping on, on the list, huh? Hey, man, who has, who stopped shopping? Yeah. I will... I'm all about that list, baby. I will admit I have not I have not looked on Craigslist for any kind of good or service in, in, in a long time. Are you guys still listing? 
Yeah, I'm all about Craigslist. I, Craigslist wow. is my top way to get rid of a piece of furniture that I don't want to carry to, to the thrift store, for example. Okay. Man, you know, I just I go to visit it like the Space Jam website because they never <laughs> updated it. That is that is a great part about Craigslist is how it just still looks like Craigslist. Yeah, it's kind of got like I'm sure there's a link where that you can click on where you can go and ask Jeeves something. Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I've met Craig. Whoa, cool. Yeah, no big deal. I'm sorry. Wait, what? You're just going to like say that? It's not a big deal. He's a fan of mine. It's not a big deal. Wow. Oh my, no way. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. He's a fan. So I guess, wow, wow. So when you and Craig met, it was not a misconnection. (laughs) Really? It's not a big deal. Let's not blow by that. Let's not blow by that misconnection thing uh, Christella said. That was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Um, I want to know what Craig looks like. Exactly how you. Why is his list so worthy? How how do you imagine Craig looking? Oh, man. A slightly used futon. (laughs) 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 Yeah. How do you imagine Craig looking under a black light? (laughs) (laughs) A little spottier than I'd like, honestly. (laughs) He's got a little too much cum on him, if you know what I mean. I like how you said it's so subtle. I don't know yeah. what you mean. <laughs> he looks like a nice nerd from 1995. That's great. Now, that's a description of, you know, 40% of the population of San Francisco, to be fair. Uh, but yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's roughly what he looks like. He wears glasses and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's a modest man. Really? Yeah. With all that Craigslist money? Yeah, you would think he'd be all blinged out. <laughs> He sold slightly less than half of Craigslist to Yahoo at like the height of its value. Uh, Yahoo thought they were going to be able to buy the rest from him and just never did. And he was like, I'm just going to run this in my exact same principled nerd way from the first internet when the, when the internet was run by principled nerds. And uh, he uses his money to fund uh, journalism philanthropies. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Way to go, Craig. He got like his $75 million or whatever, and he's just he's just ch- hanging out, telling them not to add any more uh, graphics to the homepage. <laughs> when, when did the principal nerds get replaced with the evil nerds? <laughs> I mean, it was like 2002, roughly. Oh, that's yeah. A, you know what? Pretty good guess, I think. I think yes. <laughs> Well, when something momentous happens to you, like you get replaced by an evil nerd, we ask you to call us at 206-984-4FUN or send us a voice memo at jjgoatmaximumfun.org for our segment, Momentous Occasions. Here is one such occasion. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and Paul McCartney. (laughs) Close. Uh, Just calling in a momentous occasion from a few years ago, uh, before COVID, uh, I saw Flo Rida perform after a Pittsburgh Pirates game. And uh, it was actually a really good concert, and he was introducing his band, and he said, I have the best band in the world. And at that point, I heard two people in front of me say, the best band in the world, even better than Aerosmith. (laughs) I've just been thinking about that a lot lately. Wow. All right, hard as a rock, wet as a river. (laughs) It's a fucking dope battle of the bands. pretty good. 
Let's go down to the community center and see Aerosmith duke it out song for song with Flo Rida's band. Yeah, you know, usually when people start out like, oh, I have one from a few years ago. I'm like, eh, I don't know. You ca- they got to be fresh. You got to call, you know, you can't just call us in with funny shit from your life. That kind of defeats it. But I, I, I think this gets a pass. That is really good. Also, I, God, I, I was having this conversation with someone not too long ago. It baffles me that there are Aerosmith fans. Like, I don't, I don't, it doesn't baffle me that someone would like rock out in their car to like walk this way when it comes on classic rock radio. That's great. Yeah, Dream On. That's a fun song. Dream On. Right? It's fun. But like, who's like fucking into, like, who's into the album cuts of Aerosmith? They're obviously someone, but it, I have not met one and, uh, it, it it I can't imagine that person. I Aerosmith was the first like pop music concert I went to. Whoa! Wow. Okay. Were you into? Yeah. How? So how did that happen? Were you fucking into them? Did Craig take yeah, you? Did, yeah. You and Craig. Did Craig take you? <laughs> Craig's like I traded some tickets for <laughs> dog walking. <laughs> I, uh, I I was. I mean, I was in, as into them as, as anyone else was in our demographic in 1992, or 1993, when they were having their grand revival with their, with their sexy daughters in their videos, I think, was what was going on. Is that correct? <laughs> That's my memory. Oof, I, that tracks to me. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm a man who's baffled by Aerosmith, so I'm probably not the guy to ask. But yes, that sounds Yeah, right. I mean, it was a time when I also enjoyed... The Danzig album I owned, mm-hmm. and <laughs> the Spin Doctors. It was just whatever, you know. Like you're uh, eleven, it's just whatever is coming through, you know. Like you're right. Uh, but uh, but it wasn't. I didn't own any Aerosmith records, but my friend Gabe was a big Aerosmith fan, and he and his dad uh, took us to the uh, Concord Amphitheater to see Aerosmith. And literally my only memory from the concert is uh, my friend Gabe's dad yelling at someone in front of us for lighting up a J. (laughs) He's like, there's kids here, man. Come on. (laughs) Aerosmith is a weird, it's a band that I know because I love music, but you're right. Like I couldn't, there's not a big catalog in my head for it. I will say I remember I was in junior high, I guess, when Janie's Got a Gun came out. And I remember just being so disappointed. I was singing along with it because MTV used to play it so often. And then halfway through one of the videos, I finally realized what Janie's Got a Gun was about. (laughs) And it felt so weird for me to kind of be grooving to it. Yeah, what is so? It, is it like a social issue song? I know the chorus, and and you know maybe can kind of sort a picture of the color palette of the video in my head. But I really don't. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I couldn't tell you anything about it. What's what is it actually about? I'm sorry. Let's just take a moment to focus on the color palette of the video. <laughs> <laughs> I can kind of remember seeing it on a TV in a Miller's Outpost. (laughs) I've never heard anyone say that. It's like, you know, I don't remember the video, but the aura it gave. color palette. When they talk about classic color palettes. 
I, you, yeah, I mean, MTV used to do those countdowns, right? Top 10 color palettes of all right. time. Yes. Thriller was number two. We always knew Thriller was number two or oh, one, yeah. depending. Oh, sure, sure. You know, no, it was a, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, a girl who took revenge on her stepdad, I guess, because he was uh, abusing her. Oh, my. Yeah, Aerosmith. I think you st- stick with party songs. Yo, love in an elevator, man. Sure. <laughs> like, you know what Don't, I mean? Like, yeah. you know, also, I think that Dream On, I love Dream On, but it's weird when you think of how different Steven Tyler sounds from Dream On. Right. And when, you know, in the 80s and 90s, his voice totally changed. Yeah, well, there's a certain point that every young man goes through. <laughs> right. He you, didn't do Dream On when he was eight. <laughs> you start to, when you grow up and you start to find hair under your arms and nine scarves around your neck. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know you've become a man. <laughs> Man, <laughs> what if he? Uh, what if he got the scarf thing from like maybe a birthday party when he was younger, and a clown just did that to him? Like he took oh. the scarves out of his like handkerchief thing, and it just like right. This is my look. <laughs> this is my thing. You know? Thank you, clown. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, birthday clown. <laughs> Let's take another call. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. I'm going with Janet Varney, Nick Adams, or Steve AJ. Um, can't guess well, three. Hold on. You can't hold guess on. three. You can't, you can't do a parlay or let's whatever just, it's called. Yeah, let's just fucking, let's put, a, let's, let's put a stop to this behavior right now. No guessing. I'm, I vaguely remember that there's a prize on the line if someone can ever get it right. And you can't just say three, the three of the most common guests. That, that's, that's bad behavior. I won't stand for it. I kind of even don't want to hear the rest of this cheater's call, but we should probably play the rest. But I just want to say I think this I I I don't I don't approve. If I remember correctly, the prize is a hug and four ounces of tears from Jordan Morris. <laughs> oh, then maybe I do want someone to win. <laughs> you know, go ahead and just guess ten people. <laughs> Fairbanks, Helen Hong, sure. <laughs> okay. So I work for the post office. Uh, I deliver mail. And if you told me last year at this time I would be viewed as either the defender of democracy or the harbinger of fraud, I would have laughed. But it is what it is. So I'm delivering mail in college campus area, and I walk up, and these girls go, thank you for your service, and I never know what to say back to them. So I always go, well, thank you for your support. And then they decide to flash me. And I must be honest here. I finally truly feel thanked for my service. Oh, thank you very much, and have a good day. <laughs> you know, we're just stunned. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, and I, okay, and I do want—I should say, yes. I, I think we all realize how important the postal system is this year. Really, came through in a pinch and helped out democracy. So I'm sorry postal hero that i yelled at you for doing three guesses at the top of the call yeah um and i just know that i am flashing you right now i know you can't see me but i've i've dumped them out 
purple mountains <laughs> majesty. <laughs> That song was about nuclear war. Oh, shit. <laughs> I thought it was a party jam. Oh, man. Fucking All their music has a message. Aerosmith sneaking in those. Sneaking in those depressing themes. Oh, man. How many mail carriers do you think listen to Jordan Jesse Go? We gotta have dozens, right? I I would say that yeah, we probably have an inordinate amount of mail carriers. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a job that you can listen to, you know, audio during. And certainly, my mail carrier is always walking through the neighborhood, blaring something out of an AM radio. Um, and I and I listen. I just want to say that I I support this practice. I think he should be able to fucking blare anything he wants to out of an AM radio. He's delivering the mail, and we thank him for it. Yeah. But yes, I do think that you can listen to audio while doing doing at least parts of that job. So yeah, I would think that there's probably a lot of podcast listeners who are who work for the postal service and probably some Jordan Jesse Go ones. Okay, here's my question, Jordan: Postal workers. Of the Jordan Jesse Go audience, postal worker mm-hmm. tuppies, call us at 206-984-4-FUN and tell us the most unusual experience you've had while carrying mail. Right. <laughs> and also tell us if you've ever met Oni, the post office dog. Oh, yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> That's a taxidermy dog that at the Postal Museum movie? in Washington, D.C. It's great. He's, he's got a little vest. That's covered in metals, because oh, all the all the post oh. offices that he visited, uh, they gave, they all gave him medals and then put him back on the postal train. Oh my god! And also, like the doctors in our audience who call us, let us know if you've ever removed something from someone's ass. <laughs> yeah. So those three <laughs> not, questions. Not technically part of your job, but yeah. <laughs> um, my whole thing, I start thinking is. Um, that story can actually kick off a new series of Girls Gone Wild videos, but like for democracy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Girls Gone, Gone Wild stamp for democracy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, Girls Gone Wild, the sea cup of the Green New Deal, something. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know. Something. These college oh, no, co-eds want to thank Stacey Abrams for all her hard work. Hope they have enough money to license that Aerosmith song to play in this video you buy during a commercial for Beavis and Butthead. My rich uncle died, um, and so I had licensed that song already for the show. I just was sort of holding it, you know, waiting. Oh, thank you. For this moment. Thank you. Actually, sorry. I said for that moment. It's actually for this moment. Yeah, there it is. Fucking really jazzes up anything. It's a great riff. Maybe I'm. Maybe I was too hard on Aerosmith. Maybe Aerosmith fucking rule. It's not that they're bad, right? I mean, you're not no, arguing yeah. that they're bad. I'm not. I don't think anyone would argue that Aerosmith are bad. They're fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Just the fact. 
it's just that yes, the the lack of fans makes me wonder why they're still around. But they they clearly exist. I just have yet to meet one. You know, honestly, Jordan, I think I think you're a fan. I mean, the callback of this episode has now suddenly become yeah. <laughs> walk this way. That fucking sweet riff. Yeah. Okay. Look, I give know. us a call. Are you a postal worker who is also a big Aerosmith fan? Like. <laughs> Do you know the album cuts and do you like, have you seen them live and can you like compare their set lists? You know, do you like, oh, I hope they play, you know, like, are you a fan? I'm curious. I think they probably have some big fans from the world of music and some big fans from the world of full motion video video game. <laughs> You're talking about Revolution X. <laughs> yeah. It's a reskin Terminator 2. The arcade game. Uh, let's take one more call. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. This is Morgan calling in with a momentous occasion from Chicago. Uh, I am a trans woman, and I just hit six months on HRT. And I have some modestly sized breasts to show for it, which is very exciting. Also, I recently hit 69 followers on my Twitch channel, where I stream video games for an audience that inexplicably watches. And as you all know, 69 is the comedy sex number, so it's a pretty big milestone for me. Thanks for having such a great space here at Maximum Fun and Jordan Jesse Go in particular. Uh, it's gotten me through this weird year. <laughs> Love the show. Bye, guys. Congratulations, Morgan. Now dump them out for Stacey Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say uh, solemn and respectful. dun 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 I'm saluting right now, Jordan. You can't see me, but Jordan, I want to, I want to imagine. I'm trying to imagine what it sounds like at a funeral. The deceased's granddaughter comes up. Walk this way. Talk this way. <laughs> the backseat lover always underneath the covers. <laughs> They've got to slow that down for a video game trailer at some point. <laughs> Walk this way. He was Talk a dedicated father, a beloved son, <laughs> and a backseat lover. The backseat lover. <laughs> Now here to perform Backseat Lover by Aerosmith. Yo yo ma. Beautiful. Oh, that is the cover I didn't know I needed in my life. You have Yo Yo Ma's Aerosmith album? No, I've been sleeping on it, obviously. The things he does with the song from Armageddon. Oh yeah. Everybody, get at Yo Yo Ma on Twitter. Cover walk this way. Oh man! By the way, big shout out to the last caller. Congrats yeah, on uh, congrats awesome. on everything. That is really that's cool. Awesome. And I didn't want to. I don't want to take away from that. That's a very cool moment. We have to acknowledge it and celebrate it. Way to yeah. go! This this year has been hard, and it's great that you have great news. Yeah, totally. Congrats, is, and it's awesome. And I, I I really do love it every time a caller uh, calls up to share some cool news like that with us. It's really uh, it's really awesome. And yeah, definitely during a during a tough year, it's been it's it's always great to hear from people who are uh, who are out there killing it. Good job. Yeah. 
Whether you're growing boobs or being shown boobs. Oh, a little theme here. Uh, we're grateful to each and every one of you who call in. Are you Jerry Springer wrapping up the episode? <laughs> Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. Can I tell you something about Jerry Springer that I learned when I interviewed Jerry Springer once? Is it that he doesn't know the topic of the show until the show starts? Yeah, have I already said that on the show? <laughs> you you have. It's a, it's a, it's it's easily the I third. think about it so it, much. I, I get it. It's fucking it's fucking amazing. That is insane. It's wow, I had no idea. Yeah. He doesn't know until he looks at the at the at the uh uh at the cards. They put up cards for him. He reads them. He finds out what the topic of the show is. Wow, that's a weird open mic. <laughs> yeah. It's the only open mic where a stripper might hit you with a folding chair. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, la, la. Listen, I'm a hotshot Hollywood movie producer. You have until I finish my glass of kombucha to pitch me your idea. Go. All right. It's called Who Shot Ya? A movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. I'm Ify Whiteway, the new host of the show and a certified BBN. BBN? Buff black nerd. I'm Alonzo Duraldi, an elderly gay and legit film critic who wrote a book on Christmas movies. I'm Drea Clark, a loud white lady from Minnesota. Each week, we talk about a new movie in theaters and all the important issues going on in the film industry. It's like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner meets Cruising. And if it helps seal the deal, I can flex my muscles while we record each episode. I'm sorry, this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here? Iffy, quick, start flexing. Bicep, lats, chest. Who shot you? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. La, 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 la. Hi. Are you someone who thinks that when one door closes, another one opens? Someone who always sees the light at the end of the tunnel. If you answered yes to one or both of these questions, good for you. We are not those people. Nope. I'm Annabelle Gerwich, and I'm a, you know that other door opening? It probably leads to a broom closet kind of person. And I'm Laura House. When I see a light at the end of a tunnel, I assume it's a train headed right toward me. Laura and I have created a brand new podcast for people like us. It's called Tiny Victories. We're sharing personal tiny victories or things we've read or seen that inspire resilience. So if you're looking for a tiny reason to get out of bed each week, subscribe to Tiny Victories. Available on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get tiny. La, 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 la. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Cristela Alonzo, the Brady Bunch's second housekeeper. <laughs> Cristela, are you out here? Uh, are you out here trading uh, pomegranates or whatever it is that people do? <laughs> God, you sound like such a novice. Don't even pretend. <laughs> Pomegranates, oh. Jesse. Oh man, <laughs> no! Oh don't cross me. I have eagle powers. <laughs> I know I could tell I could tell from your extensive knowledge of how you call him the eagle guy. <laughs> I can do super jumps with my eagle guy powers, dude. I got my own swimsuit. A fish man gave it to me. Okay. Uh, yeah. You mean Prince Sidon? I. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I forgot about the swimsuit. I forgot. Do you think I don't have ancient gears? Because I do. <laughs> Don't, I'm not sure what you're supposed to do with them, though. Uh, you can make uh, you can make arrows that kill those uh, guardians easier. What? 
Yeah, the uh, the guys with the the laser turrets. How do you make arrows? I don't know. You got to get a thing. It's been it's been a while since I played it. But uh, yeah, if God you got, if you have some it. sort of little crafting thing, you can make them into these um, kind of like explosive arrows that kill those uh, that kill those turret guys easier. Those are those kind of Doctor Octopus guys, right? <laughs> yeah. I hate those guys. <laughs> now we've the, the show has just evolved into earnest tips and tricks <laughs> for video games. Oh, I thought you meant tips and tricks for Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For Ernest, the Ernest to go to jail video jail. game. I know, yeah. I was going to say, Ernest, if you go to jail, God. Yes, if you want to save Christmas, here's what you do. <laughs> I feel like uh, both both of you are uh, so impressive in <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that Thank you. Uh, you can uh, speak like experts about the most uh, specific, almost mundane topics, but you say it with authority. Yes. And it, it excites me. Listen, Cristela, when you're a straight white man, you, <laughs> you have a certain <laughs> confidence where you just stroll into situations and start talking. <laughs> There are those who would say this is the only thing we bring to the table. <laughs> Unearned confidence. Right, yes. <laughs> the, the confidence of privilege. <laughs> that guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Look at him, he's white. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> uh, Cristela, you may be best friends with Dolores Huerta, but... <laughs> We were born heterosexual as members of the dominant cultural group. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I should have known better. I should have known better. I, uh, <laughs> I always, I've been telling everybody that uh, I have low self-esteem because it has half the calories of regular self-esteem. So it's really nice to be around people that have confidence. Oh yeah, I love it. I hope it rubs off. Um, well, Christella, where can people uh, find you and your work on uh, internet and media? Uh, my website's cristellalonzo.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christella, the number nine, Christella at Christella nine. And um, I will be, I have some stuff coming up that I refuse to talk about until I can feel comfortable in saying it, but it's been a pretty cool year and I'm uh, excited. So please follow. And I'm not doing any stand up till right now as of April, 2021. So I'll update everybody on that eventually. <laughs> so- <laughs> you got any inside track on whether Julian Castro is going to be in the, uh, is going to be in the Biden cabinet. <laughs> We're also breaking news here. You know, I'll I'll say if uh, if people are looking for uh, a good book, if you're looking for uh, if you're looking for a read, if you're if you're trapped inside because the weather's worse, and also you're just fucking trapped inside because that's you know we're all trapped inside. Then uh, Christella's memoir, uh, Music to My Years, is great. It's really funny, uh, really heartfelt. Uh, I learned a lot. Um, yeah, I, 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 I really enjoyed it. One of my favorite things I've, I've, I've read this past year. And uh, people should get it. Thank you. That's so nice of you. Yeah, it's, it's avail- awesome. It's available in English and Spanish, guys. So you can't tell me you can't understand it. Those are the two biggest languages spoken in the world, everybody. So come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we got options. Tenemos opciones. Jordan Jesse Go, produced by Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. You can find us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Jordan underscore Morris. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. 
uh, at, uh, you know, I think we got facebook.com slash Jordan Jesse Go. I think I finally finished completing our Facebook profile. <laughs> such oh, nice. A- in 2020, <laughs> Jordan Jesse Go is going to go hard in Facebook. I'm going to be honest with you. If that doesn't work, just search for Jordan Jesse Go or join the Maximum Fun Facebook group, which is always a, a, a nice place to hang out. We're on Reddit at MaximumFun.Reddit.com. And uh, if you have corrections for the show, we always appreciate them. Tweet them at JD Power, at JD Power. The correction, the big correction from last week, Jordan, is that apparently, apparently Elvira thinks that's not her on the Tom Waits cover, but she's not sure because she just doesn't remember. (laughs) The plot thickens. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Christella, thanks so much for joining us. Always a joy to have you on the program. Always nice to talk to you and hope you're doing okay, bud. Uh, tough times out there, but, uh, uh, you're, you're a great pal for us. So thank you very much for that. Thank you so much. It's always fun to hang out with you guys. You guys are great. Max fun. I love, I love you guys. What a cool group. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan, Jesse, go. Bye. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.